Hello everyone, this is Risa Sabusi and you're listening to The Decon Show. You'll check it out. Welcome to your tribe. So my name is Isa Sabusi, and um, I am first and foremost a product designer. Uh, that's my passion in life. But I do other things on the side. You know, uh, we all have what, maybe one main passion, but so many different other things happening uh, that we want to kind of try out every now and then. But yeah, that's what I do. A product design specifically currently on... Um, Focusing on leather product design. Yeah. And I've read a bit about you in preparation for our chat today. And obviously you were not you didn't start off as a product designer. That came much later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. So I actually studied uh something completely unrelated to product design. I studied communication. Uh oh wow. Yeah. So um and so after finishing uh my university, I went into the government sector, started working in comms. And, um, but there was always something in the back of my head about, you know, about design in general. I love drawing as a, as a kid, but it wasn't fully formalized yet, you know, in, in, in my head. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to take this creativity uh, in what lane. And then I discovered that there is something called product design and that is not very prevalent here in, uh, in the UAE or in the region. So that's uh, that was the first right. seed, I guess. That, that's the first kind of seed <laughs> into creating ESA. Yeah. Okay, and walk us through the journey. So from that moment, what was the journey like to get to Therp? Because I don't want to just be like, hey, those guys are product designers. Right. There's Therp Studios. I'd like them to get an understanding of this journey. Yeah. So I love drawing, right? So I used to draw everything. And what I noticed, I was drawing two things, right? I was drawing furniture, pieces of furniture for some reason. And the other thing is I love, I love leather. So I love leather products and I, I buy a lot, a lot of them, spend all of my money there. And yeah. I would look at one product, specifically my laptop bag. Uh, and I had so many of them, I would look at it and draw it and then draw different iterations of it. And mm -hmm. that sounds so kind of like I should have had the aha moment then, but it took me much longer <laughs> later on of saying, oh, wait, maybe I should actually make this thing that I'm drawing. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that where it started. That was the birth of Tharp Studio. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, really, so I don't have any business um, background. So uh, I was kind of scared, honestly, of, of that. And of I knew course. it would take a lot of time, you know, to, to really delve deeper into that world and make this a business. Uh, so I started really with, with just two products. I wanted to test the waters, basically, uh, and took them to, um, to a, like an event, a show you know, for small entrepreneurs. 
And, you know, it worked. Uh, people were interested. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just a question about your, like, so is Tharb is a studio, right? Before it's, it's, it's not just the line of bags. It's a studio. It's, it's a design studio, correct? Yes. So it is, it started that way. Then it was specifically just leather products. It was a shop, basically. Uh, but now I can expand it into other things where I am actually designing products that are not just um, leather. And that, like half of the products I make are, are actually for clients, you know, for corporate oh, clients. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So people don't actually get to see, to, to know that this is a better product. <laughs> and so just a question about that. What's the ethos of your studio? Like, what is the heart of your brand and your studio? Um, it's, so it is, my focus in everything I do is on utility. Uh, so what okay. I want to make, I am not here to do uh, what Louis Vuitton or Dior is doing. That's honestly not my goal at all. What I want to make are products that are practical first, that are minimal, and that are high quality. Um, and one very important thing is that I want to make things in the UAE um, yes. because we don't have this here. Uh, even though it's way more expensive to make things here than in Italy or in India or Pakistan. Uh, so, so at the end of it, and you know, you're speaking, you're you're preaching to the choir because OT and I really realize that luxury is actually perfect utility. So right. when something functions really well, whether it's our laptop bag or even a phone case or a notebook those things, those things that we use daily, we feel like luxury is when they're perfectly made, like their functionality is like here, you know? Uh, It doesn't really matter what the outside is, though it's nice when the outside looks good. But we are function first. That's usually our our ethos. Like it's it's the comfort of knowing like everything goes in the right place. Yeah. It's like a a tailored suit. Right. Right? Like luxury is in being able to move very quickly comfortably being able to it's what you hope it does and it does exactly that right right and so interestingly i was i was looking at so i was looking at your laptop bags because actually there yes there are many laptop bags but there are few laptop bags that function well most people just want some padding but when you have people that care very much like i do about the design of the bag tell me about your laptop bag, what makes it like the u- utility level 1000? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is it that your bag does? I mean, it's funny you'd, you'd ask about this. The laptop bag is kind of the most important thing to me. I take it with me everywhere. And it, for specifically for the laptop bag, it took me about a year and a half to go from first idea to uh, what we actually recently launched about um, the, the product that's called the Khalifa. And um, the reason is because I was thinking super deeply into what do I want when I go to uh, my office, what do I want to carry with me? Balance that with uh, like how heavy can it be? Uh, how many? Right. Because mm. too many features can be too many features, you know? Uh, so it was a balance. Uh, uh, so it's kind of made specifically for me, but I'm hoping that my use cases 
everyone else's or most other people, but it's, it does everything. It takes, there is a padded sleeve inside for, to protect the laptop bag. It can take up, uh, sorry, for the laptop itself. It can take up to 16 inches uh, laptops, you know, so it's large enough for that. Yeah. And uh, there are places for papers, there are places for cars, there are places for chargers, which is very important because my biggest gripe. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It is a huge gripe. The moment you put the charger in a laptop bag, the the bag becomes bulky. bulky. Yeah. Yeah. Did you fix this problem? I I did. This is a universal problem. This is a universal issue. And another thing I thought about for the charger, because a lot of the chargers we use right now, the, the cable is, you can separate the cable from the brick itself. So I was thinking, okay, if, if, the user would need to separate them, not have it attached all the time. How would that work? So right behind where the front pocket where you put the charger, there is a small sleeve behind this. So you can roll up the cable and slide. Because it's exactly what, <laughs> like, this is this is a huge gripe that I have. And right. to be honest, I'm so glad that you thought of these simple things because they do make, in, in, in gentlemen's wear, there are very few variations that I believe you you guys have fewer SKUs to choose from. Right. Just in general as, as products, right? Yeah. So it makes me happy to feel that there is refinement and thought in the products that you guys have. However, nothing is stopping me from buying your laptop back right <laughs> now and actually just using it. Because I know, I noticed that you called the laptop bag Khalifa, right? Yeah. Can you explain the naming behind... Right. Because all the names were after people. I'm like, who are these who people? Who is Shema? And, and, and why did they get a product name yeah. after that? <laughs> so how do we get a Dukan, a Dukan bag? Is what we're, yeah. That's really that's the really ultimate goal is. where we're trying to get to. <laughs> so there is actually a path towards that. Uh, because So it, how it started is that for the first product, uh, one of the, remember the two products I talked about uh, that I started, experimented with, one of them was a wallet and the other one was a, um, uh, a handbag, right? And uh, that handbag, what I wanted to do is first to name it after my mother, uh, Shemma. Uh, and I, I, the other thing I wanted to do with this bag is to have, because I love marble, I wanted a piece of marble on it, which whenever I took it to any factory, they'd say, no, that's insane. You can't put marble with Leather, anyways, we did it in the end, but um, I used to kind of say, um, let me translate from this from Arabic, but it's um, Shama is as soft as leather, as strong as marble. Uh, that's right. kind of like where the inspiration is, because like my mother is a huge kind of influence in my life. She's super, super ambitious. So I really wanted to kind of put that into something that's in the physical realm. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, and well done on getting marble on leather. I mean, Thank that's you. such a feat, isn't yeah. it? And it's not heavy, from what I understood. No. So the way we did it is that uh, I found this manufacturer. That's the only piece that's actually not in the UAE. The I found a manufacturer that could uh, slice marble to one millimeter thickness, and then add a fiberglass sheet okay. under it, to, so it can bend a little bit. And then that is pressed on the leather and uh, with an adhesive that way. So it was complicated, but uh, yeah. We still didn't get to how we're going to yeah, name a product. Yeah, after uh, yeah. so actually, yeah, to, the, to the second part of the question, I was going to deviate, but yeah. you're right. We should stay on, on focus. 
How do we get a Dukan item named after <laughs> We, uh, so it's, it needs to be a person, right? Uh, okay. It started with family, but I quickly ran out of names that I think are appropriate to put on a product. So now I'm out of family members. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm using people I know. So we have to be best friends, you guys. <laughs> okay. okay, so we'll work on we'll it. Work on that. But I'm throwing Reem out there because Reem is a very, uh, you know, it, it brings good luck to your business. It There's does. so many Reem businesses in this town. So I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Gazelle, eyes of the gazelle, you know, do whatever. You're, you're the product designer. <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but I did have a question about manufacturing in the, UAE because it is so rare that we hear that somebody wants to have something manufactured in the UAE. Um, it is a premium decision. It's a decision right. that you make that will create uh, roadblocks that we know. But I want to ask, how was your journey? I believe in the commitment to do it, but are you still going to main? Is it scalable? Like, is it scalable to manufacture in the UAE? Right. I mean, honestly, that was one of the hardest things and it's a continuous roadblock to, to be completely frank into manufacturing. So um, it started off by, because not only do you need to find a, a, a leather uh, manufacturer or leather uh, factory, uh, you need to find a good one, right? Someone who, is, who, want, who will be able to take these ideas and make them into a really high quality product. Um, and it's not just the leather. The leather can be the best quality in the world, but if uh, if the people making it are not using it correctly, it's not it's not gonna be good. So, it, so it was kind of basically two factories at the time in 2016. Two factories in the UAE that I could find, uh, and I had to go with one of them. And uh, I mean, kind of economies of scale, because we only have these two factories, it's so much more expensive. Yes, because they can just pick right. the price and that's it. They regulated the price amongst them and you have no choice but to go with it. Yeah. So thankfully, we have more, more factories right now. Not by much, but we have. So we're uh, like with Darbam, I am able to diversify. Uh, the factories that work on this, but it's more about creating this trust with the people in the factory to teach me, especially early on, I also didn't have like experience making leather, uh, to teach me what's the best way to treat this material and what it can and cannot do. Um, but also on me to kind of push the envelope on like uh, kind of the story with the marble and saying, no, this can happen. Let's work really hard on it. So it's been it's been up and down. I do, uh, especially now that I'm expanding, hopefully soon, uh, you'll see something out there. Expanding outside of leather, it becomes really difficult. And uh, this is where sometimes I need some expertise from outside the country. Uh, but for leather, just because it's very well established here, that's where... I'm keeping it, you know, keeping it in the UAE. Yeah. And how has the reception been from your clients or your your customers about having leather products made in the UAE? Does it matter to them that it's been because obviously your design, your function first. So I'm sure it's a functional laptop bag right. or product. But does it matter to them that it's locally made? So this is very interesting. OK, thank you for asking this question. It's. It matters when it's not a woman's handbag. When it's a woman's handbag, 
this is what I found out, you know, that's why kind of part of the reason why I'm not making more um, um, purses and handbags is because there is kind of this association with anything in that category made in the UAE being not uh, on par with, you know, those brands um, from Italy and from France and elsewhere. Um, so this is still, I'm like slowly chipping at like this perception. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, for the other stuff, it uh, for the very functional, uh, like a notebook sleeve or a laptop bag or a wallet, this hasn't been an issue. And I do feel people's eyes like light up when they know that this product is proudly made in the UAE. Right. Yeah. Follow-up question to that. Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, I don't know if you... Maybe you don't have the answer to it, but it's just, you know, throwing it out there. Um, and the onus is on us. And by us, I mean like the the larger we of those that are producing and creating product in the UAE. Um, what do we need to do to change that perception? That of, what? You mean these, the perception of that what is from manufactured yeah, in the, the UAE, UAE is not to luxury standard? Or exactly. It's not like, oh, this was made in Italy versus the France versus the US or whatever. Mm. Like, what do we need to do to have this sense of pride on a product that says made in UAE? I mean, it's, it's uh, from what I've seen so far since late 2016 when I started this, it is all about convincing, communicating, uh, everything you can communicate about this product. And this is why I try to kind of talk and encourage other people to really, you know, join, be a product designer and join this field. Um, it, it is about also um, proving by showing, right? So uh, as much as possible, showing, uh, let the product speak for itself and get it uh, to as many people as possible. Uh, slowly, there's this cultural shift that happens with anything in life, um, especially in our generation. You know, uh, this perception is changing. It is taking longer than I would like it to, but it is happening. And the best we could do, I think, is um, show and tell, you know. Absolutely. Right, and, and use our purchasing, like our Durham speak, right? Exactly. So where, where we put our money is where there will be more demand. Right. So in our case, obviously, I think I agree with what Issa is saying. There is such a huge demand for innovators for creators, like yeah. for people to actually, actually create products. products, right? Um, if we had to find inventors of our time, most of them are in the tech space. We think of inventors like making an app. No, we need people who, who make, products make products for our daily lives. Yeah. And, and so I think are, that's the first kind of, yeah, and that are you know, from hurdle. here, for here, yes. or at least the way I see it is to be able to export the UAE culture abroad. To right? the world, So ideally right? you want the people in Italy and France to be buying products coming from here. That's the eventuality of it. You yeah. Because like the El Mendus is not accessing, a, you know, a wider, it's not scaling yeah. beyond the Emirati or Paris like Fashion Week. The Khaliki, <laughs> yeah. You know, audience. <laughs> yeah. So we got to find other products that are scalable to the masses, right? I that, agree. That have that appeal. I, but I also feel like this, there is a movement that's happening because when, when Isa mentioned this is locally made, I was like, oh, then I want to purchase because I yeah. believe that there is value in, you know, buying local, 
like right. at all times, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm hoping for that. Yeah. yeah. And to add to that, there is, I think we, for everyone who calls the UAE home, whether you're a citizen or a resident, we have a point of view. A, uh, we have a specific point of view. It might not be clear right now to uh, to others how does that point of view translate into a product. But, you know, with, I think, when I keep saying with our generation, but it's probably happened in every generation. But it is kind of, it's it's the honest, is on us to develop what that means. What's our point of view to ask ourselves and say, okay, in this field, what am I contributing? What can be done here that cannot be done in Japan, cannot be done in Europe, so on. Exactly. No, I completely agree. And I think it's great that it also now, there, previously it was just the businesses doing it themselves, uh, but now there obviously there's a government mandate. The concept of over the next 50 years, we're shifting to a maker economy. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a big role and a bigger supporting tool Absolutely. in this space for sure. Okay, so to go back to what you're working on, um, just out of curiosity as well, because like obviously when it comes to minimalism and functionality with brands, especially something that's premium, a lot of them choose to have an icon or a small logo somewhere that doesn't, you know, take a lot of attention on the product. Whereas that we got a big logo statement on the products. What's the design rationale for that kind of choice? Like, what was the thinking behind that? Because I, 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 you rarely see that. So I was very curious about that. In terms of the brand mark, you mean on the product itself? Yeah, to have a, a slightly bigger brand mark than average. Yeah, that was uh, honestly intentional uh, just because of my, my also background in communication and, you know, that includes advertising and, and all of this. Just because it, it's new, it doesn't have a lot of brand recognition. I had to kind of like scream it a little bit but still be sensitive uh, or sensible, sorry, about it until the until the icon is a Nike, you know. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So it is about raising awareness right now and and creating that brand recognition exactly. because let the truth is that you know I I we notice laptop bags. You, yeah, you I, do. I I don't say it, but when you see a laptop bag that's unusual, you'll pick it out immediately. Right. For the most part, everyone's buying the same ones, those yeah. Belkin ones. <laughs> like we all know, yeah. we all know which ones they are. Yeah. But I do believe that there is room, but before beyond that, for local manufactured products that actually say what we're about, because that's the truth of it. Our yeah. identity is in the products we use every day. That's yeah. the truth of the matter, no, that's, right? That's correct. And it is, it's statement pieces. Yes, right? definitely. Just like fashion this piece says who you are. It communicates it as people see you passing by. And actually, for our English-speaking listeners, uh, what does Tharb mean? So Tharb is, um, is a word in kind of Emirati dialect that means a person who is noble, well-mannered, speaks well. I, and I chose it because it, it, to me, all of these things kind of say minimal, you know, um, and it's, it kind of matches the aesthetic. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like as an adjective, it's a, it's the adjective of the user of your product. Right. So it's not someone that is loud or gaudy or yeah. obnoxious. It's someone that's refined. Yes. And, you know, so I get that. That's smart. Yeah. That's really cool. 
Earlier, you kind of hinted at this a little bit. You said you're working on something, other markets. What's the plan? What's, what is the future? What can you, you tell us about yeah. the future of the studio? So, yeah. So um, for a while now, I've been working with corporate clients, right? So these are companies that come to us and say, hey, I want to, you know, create a product or alter one of your products to fit, you know, and for us to give it for VIPs or whatever, or our employees. And that surprising, even though on paper it sounds kind of boring, but that surprisingly gave me a lot of freedom to create more than the business can actually take on in terms of a collection that's on, on the website. And from that, I would get requests to, to maybe think about other, other types of materials or just different categories. And I've always wanted to get expand out of leather. I just didn't know when was the, the right time. So what I can say is I am ex- exploring other materials and uh, exploring specifically in homeware as a, as a category, because I, I, to me, it's very interesting. It allows a lot of freedom, uh, whether that's furniture or some smaller pieces. And hopefully very soon within maybe the month or next month, we'll be able to announce the first part of that. And there are more to come. I still love leather to death. You know, I still am going to make a lot of leather products. Uh, But I'm kind of slowly introducing that and testing the water because as you probably know, like every material is so different. Working with any material is so different from working um, with another material and um, the way you treat concrete is different than the way you treat leather obviously so it it has a lot it has a huge learning curve so it's not easy as well what I learned to kind of introduce all of these different things that don't belong together you know Uh, and and at the same time I do have some uh, design ethos that I want to apply to these to these things so it's kind of following a similar trajectory to how I started the, the leather products where I'm seeing things that I want to change and I'm making them for myself first and then hoping that the, the, the people will like it. No, I really like that, man. Honestly, best of luck. We're already big fans from what we've already seen. Might reach out and like do like a decant collection. We don't know. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's see. Uh, <laughs> we have... You have like, my number. You have Reem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have Reem. You have Omar. Just as, you know, product name options. For just you throwing consider. it out there. Just, you know, just something to keep <laughs> in the Listen, back of your they, head, both yeah. <laughs> they, they both work. They both work. Right. And they're very know. easy and, uh-huh. and easy to pronounce by all dialects. Right. Yeah. Right. And all different nations. But so, for, for someone who wants the other names. Um, so <laughs> where can people find your your products? Yeah. Where, like you mentioned that you did have like a little like a store, like a pop up or... Was it a pop-up or was it a store? So, yeah. So we mainly, uh, uh, the best way to reach us is on therb.ae. That's T-H-A-R-B. T-H-A-R-B. Dot A-E. So that's where we have all of our products. We do showcase in other boutiques every now and then. For example, currently our products are in the Louvre Abu Dhabi boutique. And they're in a place called El Boutique in the Youth Hub in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we do, it's not just Abu Dhabi, we sometimes have collaborations in, in Dubai. So so that's where people can, can find it. But everything's kind of in one nice place on the website. Wonderful. 
Perfect. Okay. Wonderful. Definitely. Thank you so much. Keep us updated when everything, you know, sort of yeah. starts to take off for the new releases and the new textures and the new products. Uh, we're definitely fans and definitely customers. So that's the beginning of that. <laughs> <laughs> and onward, onward to our naming. Onward <laughs> and upward. Yes. One day. Thank you for your time, Isa. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me and see you later. <laughs> Thank you for kicking it with us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations. Also, if you don't mind, hit us with the five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam.